0: Welcome to the Northeastern Next Podcast, your channel for the latest alumni stories in Boston and beyond. In this show, we'll catch up with Northeastern alumni who are out there achieving what's next. At Northeastern, entrepreneurship is in our DNA, and the innovation ecosystem has helped many students and alumni take their venture to the next level. Today's bonus episode is a slightly different format in celebration of Global Entrepreneurship Week. In October, we held an event on Northeastern's campus called The Market, featuring nine alumni vendors and small business owners. Almost 150 attendees spent the evening sampling and shopping unique food and beverage products, from chocolates and teas to savory dips. While connecting with the alumni behind these local brands, I spoke with each vendor for a few minutes to hear their story. Hi there,
1: my name is Elisa Koppelman. I grew up in Needham, Mass. I am the proprietor of Noank Nibbles, which is a natural urban spice company, uh, as well as we make an organic uh, lavender tea. We uh, started, or I should say, I started five years ago at the Knowink Farmers Market in Knowink, Connecticut, where we have a second home. I came up with six different urban spice blends that were just for a summer uh, market, part of the community member. And lo and behold, after the six weeks of the market, I started getting phone calls from people who bought products from New York, from New Jersey, from Pennsylvania. We have many tourists who come to the Mystic area, and they ordered more product than I could actually do myself. So uh, we did start five years ago, I uh, attended Northeastern quite a few years ago for criminal law and law enforcement, and I'm here to tell you that you never know where uh, entrepreneurship will bring you. So here I am, an entrepreneur of a urban spice company that's growing rapidly.
0: That's so exciting, and um, we're happy to have you at this uh, market event today that we're at. People love your, love your product. Thank you. So you have a very inspiring partnership and social impact with Groton, Connecticut Public Schools. Can you tell me about the Transition Academy there?
1: Love to. So when I started getting phone calls to fulfill orders that I myself didn't have enough time to do, I decided that I wanted to have my products made locally, and I thought it would be wonderful to partner with um the Groton Public School System in Groton, Connecticut. Uh, I approached the business manager at the time, we're four years into this, and I suggested that maybe we could get a few high school kids uh, who were majoring in culinary uh, food and beverage type futures to assist me. And lo and behold, the business manager had the foresight to call in the director of special education, Denise Doolittle, who within one minute of hearing my uh, pitch to have students assist, suggested that students in the Transition Academy could make my product. It was a new program for the Groton Public Schools. The Transition Academy is made up of students who are 18 to 21. So they've already met their academic requirements and the school wanted to provide life skills for them. I evidently came at the perfect time. And basically for the last four years, 20 hours a week. We have 15 special education young adults who hand-blend every package. They weigh every package. They uh, package and label every unit. And we are now in eight Big Y supermarkets in Connecticut. And due to their efforts, uh, we're expanding quite rapidly. So these students have, uh, they graduate with truly a resume, and uh, they love the program.
0: That's fantastic. I, I love when um, you can kind of pivot and make such a real impact in people's lives. That just started as a, a dip company, and exactly. now it's really changing, changing lives for people. So tell me what's next for Noan On
1: So the wonderful thing is because of the success with the Transition Academy, I suggested that the students themselves do summer farmer's markets. So in fact, we're going on our third year. The school, uh, due to my direction, holds two farmers markets a week, where usually 13 to 15 students pitch the tent, sell only No Ink Nibbles products, interface with the community. We're in both Groton, Connecticut and Westerly, Rhode Island. And because they love it so much, uh, I actually have students who play acoustic guitar and uh, electric piano. Who knew? No one knew that they had these talents. So we also have entertainment now. And we are hoping to eventually uh, get contributions to fund a food truck.
0: Oh, wow. That's excellent.
1: So the goal is to have a food truck that will be managed by the Transition Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll come up with some product that will be pre-made. They won't be actually cooking on the food truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may be making desserts with my cello mixes so we could do cupcakes, Uh, We'll probably do pre-made sandwiches where they'll use my horseradish dip, my garlic oil dip for a scampi-type product. Uh, So we'll be working on the best menu. And the goal is to go to local businesses, if we're lucky enough, Electric Boat in Groton, and be there during lunchtime. So it'll still be during the students' uh, school hours, Yet they'll have the phenomenal opportunity to not only make Noank Nibbles products, sell them at farmers markets, but now see a different venue in the food industry and interface socially with working people on a day to day basis.
0: Well, that sounds amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. I think our listeners will be really excited to look up Noank Nibbles. Thanks a lot. I appreciate this opportunity. Love Northeastern. <laughs>
2: I'm Tucker Gashione. I'm the owner of the Happy Cactus and the Fat Cactus, and I am graduating in 2019 from the DeMorme McKim School of Business.
0: Great, thanks for being here, Tucker. So you are a senior finishing up your last last year here at Northeastern. Tell me about the Happy Cactus and what inspired you to start this company?
2: Yeah, so uh, three years ago, I was getting off of a pretty long co-op and class schedule, and I really just felt like I needed to take a step back, take a break, recuperate get my my mental health all in order um, and so I started selling crafts at just a local farmers market where I met these women who were selling succulents as well and they were really doing an awesome job with it and killing it frankly in you know the middle of nowhere in New Jersey and so I thought if they're doing this well here I can definitely bring this up to Boston and you know have my own business have a little bit of independence and maybe you know, something that fits with my entrepreneurship major. So I eventually first started wholesaling from them. um, And after a few months, I just realized it'd be easier, cheaper, more cost effective for me to do it all myself. So I started wholesaling plants and everything from growers in Florida, California, and doing this all in my Mission Hill apartment and so after a while, that became kind of untenable with my roommates, <laughs> and so I looked to expand out, moved to the suburbs, and it really just kind of took off from there, doing a ton of markets, opening a store, and expanding into the Fat Cactus.
0: Great. So tell me about the Fat Cactus, and you have this product here today at the market.
2: Yeah. So the Fat Cactus is a mocktail and sort of gourmet beverage idea that I had And it actually was spawned from doing the other markets in Boston and seeing other companies that were charging just outlandish amounts for a simple lemonade. And I thought, you know, I can do this better and cheaper. And so that's exactly what I did. I just reached out to a commercial kitchen, started renting space there, got all my permits and started doing that in September.
0: Excellent. And so where can people find the happy cactus and buy plants from you and where is it located and where is it going next?
2: So, like I said, we're definitely a heavy market based operation. We do the SOA open market every weekend, the Greenway open market every weekend and a few other markets thrown in there. And then we just opened our first brick and mortar at um, Bow Market in Union Square, Somerville. So that's sort of our permanent headquarters for now. And then this holiday season, I'm looking to expand to New York City. Um, We're doing one of the big uh, month-long holiday shows there. So that'll be a very interesting challenge, I think, to work out the logistics of being both in Boston and New York at the same time. But I'm fortunate that I have a great team helping me out.
0: Excellent. Well, thanks so much for being here today. I think I'll be going home with a (laughs) succulent. Your setup looks very nice. Yeah. So we look forward to hearing more from you.
2: Thank you so much for sitting down with me. I love it.
3: Hi, my name is Noor. I am the owner of Serenade Chocolatier, and I graduated from Northeastern, 1982. In um, I have a degree in mechanical engineering, and um, I worked several years as an engineer for General Electric, but I had a passion calling me, which was uh, making chocolates. It was a hobby before, before I got my degree and while I was an engineer. So I pursued my passion and went to culinary school to learn a little bit about candy making and then jumped in.
0: So what inspired this change from engineering to chocolate? And has your engineering background actually helped your new chocolate business?
3: Oh, engineering background, I think, really helps in in any type of business because it really taught me how to solve problems and um, how to really think and how to fix my machines.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So tell me a little bit more about Serenade Chocolatier.
3: So we make all our chocolates by hand, and we've been around for Now, almost 30 years, we um, make everything just from natural ingredients. When we make raspberry chocolate, we buy fresh raspberries and make it with that, never with a flavoring. I get inspired by flavors from around the world. Um, About 15 years ago, I discovered passion fruit, which is a very tropical fruit and very tangy and works beautifully with chocolate. So I'm always inspired by... Interesting foods and 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 fruits that I learn from travel.
0: Excellent. And um, what are some of your specials right now? I saw your uh, pinata cake. Or how do, what are your what are your favorites that you're producing so, right now? So
3: um, the pinata cake is a creation that I came up with. It's a chocolate shell um, that's filled with caramels and toffees and and items we make. And you get a mallet with it when you buy it. And <laughs> you crack it open, and um, it's a perfect for a celebration. So. It's been very popular. We ship it all over the country. We don't ship it um, out of the country, and it's been featured in, in many places. So it's it's a unique creation that is uh, is something that we love shipping and
0: sharing. So you say you ship your products. Um, where can people find you? Do you so have an actual it, store?
3: The actual store is the best place because you get surrounded by incredible smell when you walk in. <laughs> it's the best aromatherapy. But you can find us online. We have serenadechocolatier.com. Uh, but best thing to do is to come in and smell and taste. And where, where is your store located? <laughs> it's in Brookline Village. It's right down the street from Northeastern. Excellent. Go too
0: far. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today. I think we'll have, you'll have a lot of new orders from our Northeastern alumni. Thank you.
4: My name is Mary Fernandez. I'm um, owner of Vermarge Tea Company. And I attended Northeastern um, sort of as an adult with children in uh, the class of 83. I've um, been in the tea business for probably about 15 years, and I thoroughly enjoy it.
0: So, where did you find your passion for tea, and what kind of inspired you to start your company?
4: Well, I think what inspired me was I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My dad, uh, my brothers, and I thought, well, perhaps maybe I should go into doing my own thing. So I started um, looking around, and one day I picked up a magazine, started reading, and was an article on tea, and I became totally fascinated that there's this beverage that can lift you and it can calm you and that it is um, grown in uh, many countries, but um, all of them are different depending on where it's grown and when it's picked. Very similar to um, like wine, you know, wine comes from grapes and all tea came from this one plant. So I just became fascinated by the idea that there was this beverage that was run all over the world, been around for centuries, And um, the more I researched, the more I got excited about it. And then there's the other part of tea that's the the fancy side. Mm -hmm. So a person who enjoys, I'm a person who enjoys hats and gloves and sort of the fancy side of tea also. Mm -hmm. So between the Zen side, the sort of fancy side, I just became hooked.
0: Yeah, and so yeah. you're very much more than just a tea company, and you have these educational workshops that go hand in hand with it. Can you tell me about that? Your pause, sip sure. kind of okay.
4: <laughs> mantra, I'd say. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the pause and sip um, really became a brand. I began to realize that we are moving too fast with all of the you know, electronic um, gadgets that we have and the devices and technology has us thinking we can do more, although the amount of time remains the same. We still only have 24 hours in a day, and some of that time we do need to spend um, sleeping. So when I thought about pausing, it really became, why don't we slow down a little bit and pause? I'm not asking you to stop, just trying to get you to slow down, pause, and uh, pause with um, Vermage. Yeah.
0: And so where can people find your tea?
4: Well, I'm online, so vermarge.com, and I'm also part of a co-op in um, Randolph. We were featured on Chronicle not too long ago, but we're at um, a historical building called Stetson Hall, and I'm um, part of uh, a group of other entrepreneurs who have come together and shared the space.
0: Well, I saw your setup outside. It looks like a great, uh, great idea for gifts and things for the holidays. Sure. We have some really nice packages, yeah. but thanks so much for your time today.
4: You're welcome. Thank you.
5: Um, I'm Amy Smith. I am a 1987 graduate of Northeastern University. Um, I graduated um, from the Arts and Sciences College, which is now named something else. (laughs) I am currently the owner of Amy Bakery in Osterville, Massachusetts, on beautiful Cape Cod. So tell me a little bit about your journey from the corporate world to your bakery. Well, it's very interesting. I loved my work in corporate I was in marketing and uh, did a lot of writing. And um, I had my own company. I did newsletters, brochures, um, anything, any marketing collateral that was needed. And um, that was in the high-tech space. And in 2008, when the economy had a downturn, normally that would be a very busy time for me because I was um, an outsource resource for companies. So when they were uh, laying people off, actually, that work would come to me. But in that year, things just changed and essentially um, couldn't get marketing budget, etc. So I was living in New York City, and um, I had taken some recreational classes at the Institute of Culinary Education. I was always interested in their pastry program. I baked all my life. I kind of forgot that I baked all my <laughs> life, but uh, it was something I always really enjoyed, and I decided I needed to fill my time while I was looking for more work and more clients. And uh, it turned out to be the best thing I probably ever did for myself.
0: So tell me about um, your bakery on Cape Cod, and what do you have a favorite p- product that you make? A bake good? What are your specials? What, what sets your bakery apart?
5: Um, Everybody asks me what my favorite thing is, and it's such a hard question because I love everything Um, and there's different categories of things, but I love cakes. Um, I love making different pastries, you know, from croissants to little uh, tarts. It's just, it's the creativity is the part that I really enjoy. So it's anything that we sell, Mm -hmm. I love. And um, we make All occasion cakes, wedding cakes, any occasion we make all kinds of cakes. Um, We have a lot of breakfast sandwiches and um, savory things like quiche. Um,
0: (laughs) Well, you have a really nice uh, Northeastern cake on your table out there (laughs) that I'll definitely be going home with some of that. You stay connected with Northeastern you know, in your career so far, you were a part-time lecturer for a little bit. You participated in the exhibition kitchen. Tell me why you like to stay involved in Northeastern and then come back for our events like the market. Well, it's
5: interesting. I always tell people at Northeastern, I really never left Northeastern. I was very involved in everything as a student here. I left here. I was teaching part-time here for 15 years. So I was always on campus and always engaged and um, the alumni group, really gave me a chance to uh, get involved on a higher level. I really have never left Northeastern. I mean, I've participated since the, the day I got here, and that was in 1982. Um, so I just love it. I think it's a very special place. There's a lot of great connections to make. There's a lot to learn. Um, anything that you need afterwards, there's a ton of resources here, and people willing to help you. And uh, I enjoy meeting the people and coming back on campus and seeing the changes, which, you know, it doesn't look anything like when we were here. (laughs) Constantly changing. It's so beautiful. I don't know. I just really think it's important to stay engaged. So I think you should savor every single minute that you're at school. I loved every day I was here. The good times and the hard times all taught me lessons. But enjoy every single minute of school and afterwards, make sure that you stay involved with the alumni.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me.
6: My name is Miriam Morales, and I came to Northeastern in 1986, graduated in 1990 as an industrial engineer. I am um, the founder of Recreo Coffee and Roastery, located here in Boston.
0: And so you're originally from Nicaragua, correct? Um, tell me about your journey after Northeastern, and when you discovered your passion for coffee.
6: So as once I graduated Northeastern, I worked as an industrial engineer for two years. After that, um, we I was a minister of a church and a missionary. Then got married. Um, oh, two thousand and eleven. My dad had an accident. He my parents are the owners of the coffee farm for Recreo. And it's called El Recreo in Jinotega, Nicaragua. And once my dad had an accident, it made me feel like I needed to really be more involved with my family and what they were trying to do. So my husband and I opened El Recreo coffee here in the U.S. And we started bringing uh, containers of coffee, green coffee, before roasting. And my passion at the beginning was to be more involved with what my family was doing. After a while, two years later, we started supporting a school and a clinic and a school for adults. And so my passion now is turning into like really being able to have a purpose in what I'm doing because it was going well, you know, people were liking our coffee Um, before I got involved with my family. My family used to sell their coffee, which it's been in my family for 60 years. So I grew up in the farm. But they were selling their coffee to an exporter in Nicaragua and never knew where the coffee went. But once we started bringing coffee, now my dad could see like his brand that he's been working his whole life um from the farm all the way to a cup of coffee in our coffee shops here in boston
0: that's fantastic and tell me a little bit more about Recreo coffee and the coffee itself and what sets it apart from other other coffee brands
6: yeah so the first thing is that it's single origin so meaning there's no blends you know it only comes from one farm one country and so similarly like wine it has a very unique flavor because it's from one region, and so that sets it apart. Um, one of the aspects, um, the coffee, it's like a chocolatey, almondy, nutty flavor. Um, so it has very pronounced nuances for it. It's grown really high in altitude, and it's only the red cherries are picked by hand. So that means it's a very specialty coffee. It's not like a regular coffee you find in every corner. So that also brings it apart because it's a it's a strong coffee because there's no blend, you know, it's real mm-hmm. coffee. But it also, it's a very smooth, clean finish coffee because it's, you know, being taken care with such a specialty ways because it's only one farm.
0: Excellent. And so where can people find find your coffee in Boston?
6: Yeah, so we have two coffee shops in Boston. We have one where we actually now... We don't only bring the green coffee in containers, but we are roasting ourselves. So every process in that coffee, it's only through our family. But we roast in West Roxbury, which we we have there, a coffee shop. And then we have one in downtown Boston at City Hall, the Boston City Hall. Mm -hmm. And um, you can get our coffee there. We also are very big in online presence at the www.recreocoffee.com, so you could get our coffee also online.
0: Excellent, and what's next for you? And um, do you have any growth goals for your company? Yeah, actually, um,
6: well, our goal is to grow right now in wholesale accounts. Mm -hmm. So we do have catering companies and different shops that carry our coffee. They're more gourmet shops. But so we're wanting to really grow our wholesale accounts here in the Massachusetts area, and um, also we do sell green, so we are looking for roasters in the US or international. Right now we have in Canada and Europe that buys some of our green coffee, and so we're wanting to grow in that. And we really wanna make um, a difference with what we're doing. Uh, One of my goals is to open another coffee shop to support a school for Girls in Nicaragua. So each coffee shop we're building, it all the pro- 33% of our profits actually go back to the programs that we're supporting. So my goal is to grow so that I can be helping more that work over there.
0: I love that. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I can't wait to go sample some coffee. Thank you. We'll be there.
7: <laughs> Hi, my name is Sophie Gachijan. I'm a Northeastern alum. I graduated in the spring of 2016, and I'm the founder of Function
0: Foods. Thanks, Sophie, for being here. Um, You started Function Foods as a startup, kind of side hustle while you're working. What inspired you to start this company? Yeah, so I work full-time
7: at Fidelity. I do um, electronic trading for them, so it's a pretty demanding day, but then I come home and I'm inspired to keep working on my company at night. And so I'm a granola bar lover, and once I started looking into the nutrition facts and what actually went into the bars I liked, I was kind of scared of what I was eating and inspired to try to do something on my own. Um, And so I found this hole in the market where I could make a bar have more of a function than just filling you up. And that's the whole point to our company. So essentially, brain food is made only with ingredients that are known to fuel your brain properly. And heart food, our other product, is made only with cardiac-friendly ingredients. And so we think that food should Food should be more than just a snack. It should also target a specific health function. Um, And we also value taste and health equally. Um, A lot of the healthy bars on the market, unfortunately, don't taste very good. And then a lot of the good tasting snack bars are actually really bad for you. So both are equally important to us. So So what's your favorite product that you have right now? And tell me about some of the ingredients. Yeah, so um, the best seller and my favorite is Brain Food, which also – was the first product that I started with and I was inspired to make that because of my demanding job and I'm surrounded by very intelligent people on the trading floor at Fidelity and I just saw a need for people who wanted something that was healthy and they could take on the go and eat quickly but also like kind of fed their brain because we're kind of using our brains very intensely every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so brain food's great. The flavor is like almond, dark chocolate, and coconut, which is definitely a fan favorite. And there are only 10 ingredients, and I swear you can pronounce all of them. That's that's good <laughs> to know. And tell me, um, how has the Northeastern Network helped you so far? So Northeastern gets, deserves so much credit um, for helping me launch and begin selling just within nine months of coming up with the idea. So I am an idea Venture. Um, I'm a Scout client. I am um, someone. I'm in the IP collab. So someone in the law school is trademarking for me. Um, I'm a case study for a market research class all semester. I just won the Northeastern Prototype Fund money. I'll be applying for the Gap Fund money. Um, I'm in the venture network and have like a ton of great very experienced contacts who are helping me already um, through the network. So just endless resources, and I'm here on campus like two to three times a week. I feel like I still go here, but honestly, Northeastern's been so helpful. Well, thank you so much for your time. I can't
0: wait to go sample some
7: bars. Yeah, (laughs) thank you.
8: Hi, Megan. My name is Tanya Johnson. I am a Northeastern DeMorme McKim School of Business, graduate from the Masters of Science and Technological Entrepreneurship Program, completed the program in 2018, and my company is The Ancient Bakers.
0: Great, thanks for being here. So tell me about Ancient Bakers and what your product is and what kind of sets you apart.
8: Okay, well, The Ancient Bakers actually is a plant-based bakery product that focuses on creating specialty bakery products that support health and wellness. So when we say that, what we mean is we only use ancient grains, medicinal plants, and we turn those into donuts, cookies, muffins. The, The go-to comfort food that people love, but then they can do it and know that they are not, you know, busting a cholesterol bank. They're not getting too much sodium, but they're getting these delicious foods that the plants actually bring in all these amazing flavors. And so we really let them get back into a place where they can indulge again.
0: Excellent. Do you have a favorite product that you have? I saw some donuts over <laughs> oh, yeah. there that are calling my name. <laughs> well, well, donuts are like the the hit parade. Mm-hmm.
8: That was not the first product, though. We actually started with almond butter cookies, mm-hmm. and almond butter cookies are. We was trying to make over peanut butter cookies because my son is was diagnosed at 15 months old with acute malnutrition, so he's mm-hmm. very sick, and he had a lot of food allergies, and he was wasting, and he had anemia, and. He had eczema. I mean, everything was going wrong, and he stopped growing, ultimately. And I was like, well, how do we help him to come back? And so I started doing a lot of research on emergency relief food. And a lot of the energy biscuits have peanut butter, and I knew he was allergic. And I said, well, what if I take the model and then take these plants and see what functionally, scientifically, nutritionally, can actually come up with a brand new product? And so my mom and I got in the kitchen and we would experimental bake, you know, threw a lot of stuff away. But the first cookie was a carob almond butter cookie because carob is super high in calcium, it's super high in protein. It was just gonna be a great power food for him to heal. And so with the almonds, sprouted spelt flour. No, we didn't have, yeah, it was spelt and quinoa and sorghum. So all of those flowers brought in all these amazing, you know, nutrients that I knew he needed. And so that was the first product.
0: Where did you learn all this, like a nutrition <laughs> background that supports this?
8: I mean, I studied nutrition at, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit at New- UMass Amherst, mm-hmm. and I was going to go into nutrition because I was so good at it, but it was mm-hmm. just like, but I don't want to study traditional mm-hmm. nutrition. I want to do something different, and so I just stayed with the love of it, and I was already a vegetarian. I was really into health and wellness on my own, but then when my son came, it was a really strong case for going as deep as I could into the science of you know healthy eating, plant-based. What can we do to change? These products,
0: excellent. So, tell me about how the Northeastern network has helped your business so far. I think you were involved with Idea.
8: I am. I am. I'm still involved with Idea, and I actually. Well, I guess long story short, I came into Northeastern through the Master's of Science in Techno. No, in Innovation. Sorry, and Innovation because my products are innovative, and I didn't know that for like years, and I kept struggling with. How do I communicate this to a bank when I need to get extra money because I'm growing and the demand is here, but innovation doesn't behave like a traditional mm-hmm. business. And so coming to Northeastern helped me to understand that, helped me to dig down formally and say, this is what's wrong. I'm not, I'm not managing this business as innovation, and that is the main problem that I'm having trying to communicate with banks and lenders. And so coming to Northeastern helped me to just, aha, uh-huh, give me the language. It was relief to actually get involved with the idea and go through the stage gate process and see how many things had already been done right, but then to make corrective action or take corrective action on what was wrong. And now the business is a much healthier business and, you know, ready to take some growth steps.
0: Excellent. So where can people find Ancient Bakers? <laughs> so we
8: have a online store, but I guess what's interesting, we're going through a kind of a big transformation, but trying to keep it tiny um trying to do a new branding mm-hmm. and working with a company out of canada called nourish food marketing to actually get better packaging so mm-hmm. we can sit on retail chefs mm-hmm. and tell and tell this amazing story without me standing at a table at a farmer's market mm-hmm. so it's really trying to unpack this origin story and mm-hmm. tell it in a way so people it resonates for them and they will buy it even without me standing there <laughs>
0: Excellent. Well, hopefully we can tell a little bit of your story through the podcast right now, but thanks so much for your time today. This was great. Thank you so much, Megan. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode of Northeastern Next. You can find more information about our featured alumni and their products, as well as entrepreneurship resources and events on our website, alumni.northeastern.edu slash next. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. This is Megan Brisson from the Office of Alumni Relations. See you next week.